welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. There we go. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 412 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you out there, Sean, in the blackness, um, in the darkness? I am very good. I am very good. We're uh, um, having exciting times as ever. Um, yeah, we're recording in the dark here. The, our internet, one of mine or yours, I think it might be mine actually, is a bit, uh, yeah, it's not quite playing ball. So we're, we're just doing this audio only. We can't see each other and there will be no YouTube video this week, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I look a bit of a state anyway, so that's probably not the, not the worst thing in the world. Um, anyway... <laughs> I was taking your advice after last week just to kind of tone down on the shampooing and the, the, the soap, the use of soap, et cetera, and cleaning products. So how did you get on? <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm joking, actually. I've just, uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> although, yeah, I've got, I'm, yeah, listen back if you can. I thought that was a really interesting chat and we should probably do another one because uh, I was thinking, I have been thinking about that episode quite a bit through the week and the amount that we kind of, yeah, have sanitized, not just our bodies, but the whole world around us. And I think that does lead a little bit into what we're going to talk about today in terms of rebuilding community. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the main thing for me about the whole kind of sanitized world is it's, it's like depersonalization. Mm. You know, it, it's a bit like when everyone has Botox and all the faces look the same. And then if all the armpits are covered in, in the same smells, everybody smells the same. Yeah. And it's like we, we cease to be people, you know, it's odd. It's a strange world, but we'll we'll good. do our bit and we'll try and figure it out today. So liveinthepresent.co.uk is our website, all the show notes and links. And if you want to listen back to last week's show, it's on there, as well as all the usual podcast places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, etc. We're on we're on most of those listings. If, we, if we've missed any out, any out, do let us know. Um, but yeah, how's your week been, Sean? What have you been up to? Um, it's been quite a, an eventful week, which kind of led a lot to, to doing this one today. Um, yesterday was uh, a bit strange because that was uh, Joan's funeral, my uh, ex-sec from the, um, the NHS who, who died. Yeah. Um, but that was all online, and it was so kind of depersonalised and so unreal. It, it, it was, I had these kind of contrasting emotions. Like One was it was really good that I could see it online and because I wasn't a family member and they were full of family, I could still kind of attend it. But also in attending it, it was like I was, I was there, but I wasn't there. It's, mm. it's kind of weird to explain the feeling, but very, very odd. There, there was that that was going on. Um, and, and then on the weekend, there's a piece of spare land opposite my house, which leads onto the fields. And it, it's, uh, it, it's never been built on. Um, although the houses either side go 31 one side and 37 the other side. So <laughs> 33 and 35 were obviously never built. Wow. And apparently, apparently there's all kinds of historical reasons for that. Um, but the houses are 31 and 37. They've decided to turn this, this piece of kind of wasteland, I suppose, into an allotment. So it's becoming the community allotment for the for the lane. <laughs> which is quite good. And what that meant was that um, everybody was out there talking 
everybody was out there communicating, which was quite quite extraordinary. That was good. Brilliant. Um, yeah, there was there was that, and then there was issues on the uh, on the TV about kids in deficit from um, uh, from being in COVID, and then yeah. a few other things that took me into this kind of thing about. We really do need at this moment to switch into to starting to rebuild community. So it's been a strange week for me. So how's it been for you? Uh, yeah, okay for me. Yeah, um, picked up a new bicycle, if you can call it that, at the weekend. So quite exciting moment. It's a got an electric motor in it and near the pedals like yours, and it can carry an obscene amount of stuff, including human beings. If, if so, kids and one adult and. Yeah, shopping and all sorts of stuff. So I'm one step closer to the car-free life. Um, yeah. It does look an amazing beast. I have to come and see it in the flesh. Yeah, I'll, well, maybe I was thinking actually next week we might be able to we might be able to do a garden recording if if weather permits. So maybe I'll spin around to yours and um, yeah, we can compare e-bikes and, and do a face-to-face podcast for the first time in <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a year probably, won't it? It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. Of um, so yeah, all good. But um, so yeah, this this the blog post you've written, which will be online as well, is called "Time to Rebuild Community." So I guess we're at that phase now in the pandemic where, well, it, <laughs> I've still got the feeling that Mother Nature has got a few tricks up her sleeve to not make things so things won't be quite as smooth as we hope. Um, mm. But in the UK, at least, I mean, things yeah. are opening up, and it looks like we're going to have quite a decent spring summer in terms of seeing friends and family and you know getting back to normal inverted commas um yeah you know, whether or not that's a good thing we can cover that uh in the episode today but once the kind of initial euphoria waves you know, kind of passes which you know you can tell people are excited at the moment and i am too because you can go you can go the, sit in a pub uh garden or a cafe <laughs> outside and watch the world go by and catch up with friends and family which is brilliant uh but once that euphoria kind of dies down and the, the new normal to use that phrase, um, shows itself. Yeah, what, what do you think, Sean? How, how do you think um, um, we're going to respond as a, as a species? <clears throat> um, I think that the, the bits that's coming over to me more and more, which I haven't really appreciated in, in the busyness of surviving at all, is how much um, the pandemic has created deficits, both socially, emotionally and intellectually, but also how it has, um, it's made people re-examine relationships, which I guess we kind of talked about before, haven't we, with, you know, um, intimate relationships, partner relationships type stuff. But the the other bit is about, um, I've got people saying to me, well, I'm going back to work, and all these people that I thought were my friends, none of them have bothered to keep in touch with me during lockdown. And you know who your friends really are, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and other people say, well, you know, I, I can't go back into work with these people. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting because we're going to have to do some work to recreate something. You know, like the, the isolation can lead to feelings of abandonment. And once we've been abandoned, we lose, we've, once we've been abandoned, we lose trust and, all kinds of things. And I'm thinking that these, these kind of relationships, like the relationships at work or at school or whatever, are the basis of community. And a lot of them have been kind of fractured in different ways. And we need to do some work to rebuild them all, you know. 
Indeed, yeah. Uh, I mean, how? I mean, you kind of you were already working online a lot beforehand, and I think yeah, actually last week you started accepting um, clients back to your. No, I've had one. <laughs> just one. Is that yeah. is that because people are reluctant to come in, or you're reluctant to kind of? Uh, it, it, it's a kind of an experiment, you know. We're not we're not clear yet. We're, we're still um, in theory, depending on people's problems, um, still wearing masks, which makes it quite difficult to actually have um, a therapeutic relationship with somebody when you've both got masks on. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that in the next release that we will be able to. Um, meet clearly without masks and you, you can only meet someone without a mask if they've got some pre-existing emotional condition or asthma or something like that so that they can't wear one yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. are you finding that people i mean in terms of the work setting then i i went to my office last week for yeah. one day, um, just mainly because i was actually down there for another reason i was meeting someone outside to do a little bit of filming for some another project um so i was i was there anyway so i popped in and checked all my letters i had loads of reminders from hmrc i'd forgotten to send a form off late last year <laughs> and, uh, yeah. i think i've got a little a little fine on the way so it's quite quite yeah good that i picked that up at least but yeah i mean, I, I did enjoy being in the office mainly just for kind of seeing mates that i, I work share share an office with and catching up with them um i probably would have got more work done at home <laughs> um just cracking on without that but you know there's for for many, the kind of work is a huge part of the social life. Uh, their social life, isn't it? So it's not to be not to be sniffed at going back into the office, is it? I, I think that one of the things about um, work relationships is that that we can assume that they have a value because we're with those people every day. That we don't that they don't have in reality. And it reminds me when people were talking to me about this um, of being at university on, on a course. Uh, and I've done a few university degree courses, and it's like you, you have this intense relationship with this group of people who are your kind of alumni, and then you you, you say things to each other like, yes, we're going to keep in contact, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And in reality, you don't. And the way that it, it comes down is that the thing that you had in common was the course, and once you took the course away, there is there was no relationship mm-hmm. in reality, not in a negative way, just there wasn't that kind of commonality. Yeah. And I, I think that people are beginning to discover that in the workplace and that because they haven't been going into work, there is no relationship. Um, and some people will just accept that as like, you know, like when they've been on holiday and come back and, okay, hi, yeah, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but some people are offended by that, like they, they, they've been let down by their work colleagues because their work colleagues didn't keep in touch with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they thought, I thought they were, I thought we were real friends, but yeah, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, we used to go to lunch every day and we used to do this and, and like them bothered to keep in touch with it or reply to my messages and, you know. Yeah. yeah, I guess in, in also in terms of how how nervous people are about going back to work is partly whether or not they're motivated to go and do the job that they currently do. And I guess it's a, either a good or a bad sign. You know, if, you, if you're reluctant to to want to go back to work um, because you don't feel a connection to that that role in the society that you hold, I guess it can be a good thing because it can be a pointer that you need to need to kind of find something else to do um uh, and 
rather than, and obviously it's, it can be bad in the sense that you might have been doing it for 15 20 years who knows and you feel like yeah. you wasted a good chunk of your life um which you know it's never too late to change though is it no no and that that's the point i guess that um uh once you uh once you do um have these realizations i guess it and i guess this is what a lot of people have been going through in terms of their uh, everyday relationship with their, their partner some people have come out of this deciding to end it um but the the issue is about um you know can you rebuild these relationships sometimes um, I, I get the feeling, talking to some people, that, that people might actually even need a bit of mediation to get their relationship sorted out again, you know? right. which could be quite tough. Yeah, but, uh, we, we talked a bit before we came on uh, about kids as well. You know, I've got two little boys who generally, well, I think at least, we'll guess we'll find out in 15 years what kind of human beings they are. <laughs> They've worked out <laughs> to be. But generally have been, you know, sailed through the last year in terms of doing what they needed to do in certain with, with work school work when it was sent home and they slotted in and out of lockdowns like you know like as if they didn't even exist so um but many you know i'm mindful that there are many children out there that will probably be um i don't know if damaged is the right word or just kind of uh they'll need a bit of extra work to kind of get back up to speed well, the, the kind of word I was coming up with listening to some of the, uh, the broadcasts and some of the reports uh, was stunted, that people's development um, had been stunted mm-hmm. um, for kids. That, some of that is language, some of it is reading, but also social skills, because the idea that if everybody that you meet outside of your family are all wearing masks, you never actually get to see who the people are behind the mask. And you don't learn about facial gestures, communication, and physical body language. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, very. I guess, I guess as well, whether or not they're stunted, if we use that word, academically, is kind of a bit of a barometer on kind of an old way of thinking. Because yeah, I mean, kids do need to be at a certain. I've got a wife who's a teacher, right? So she, kids need to be at a certain level of reading and writing in time for the next yeah. year, and then you know we we're, we all get on that that train of having to hit targets until we hit 16 and then we get more targets till 18 and then we go to university and then we hit and we need to get a job etc but do you think there are opportunities where this pandemic has kind of shown us that 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 kind of monotony (laughs) that kind of life which has got certain boxes to tick as you go along isn't all that necessary that we need to kind of realign like what it means to be a human completely yeah yeah, I think that there are lots of things that, that we have to question from all this and decide on um, ways of going forward. I, I, I think that in very subtle ways like this, um, society will change quite fundamentally from this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we were, like my youngest lad, he's not he's not on the level of reading in terms, like kids' books have colours on the back of them, like a little circle showing you yeah. what, what level of reading that is for. So he's not quite at the, I think he's one colour behind where he's supposed to be or something like that. Um, right. So, you know, we just want to get him up to speed. But um, I don't know, it's quite a regimented way of doing things, isn't it? And 
you know, we want him to be able to read and write, obviously, for, you know, not, not just so he can get a job at some point, but just for basic communication with like uh, the rest yeah. of the civilization. But uh, maybe we've been overthinking things for way too long, you know, and, uh, you know, I especially I'm obviously obsessed with environmental stuff. So when you combine like our environmental obligations in the next 10 years or so with the need to kind of really restructure how we how we do things in society, it's just like mm -hmm. it can be quite overwhelming, actually, to be honest. And I think, um, yeah, there's a, it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster 10 or 15 years. It's going to be an interesting time, certainly. I, and we don't know what's going to be left practically when we come out the other side. It's, mm. uh, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, take it. Uh, yeah, I mean, is this just a UK thing or are you still, you're working with people right around the world? So how how are things in other parts of the world where, you know, lock restrictions are at a different level to, what, to where we are? Well, it, it, it is real. Um, around the world, um, in the Middle East, where it's currently Ramadan, um, and normally you, you fast between the hours of sunup and sundown, uh, and then they they would have kind of get-togethers in the in the evening um, mm. once the sun had gone down and all eat. Um, but now they're in a position where everything is in lockdown. So, uh, and the, the, at the end of Ramadan, you have a, a, a celebration called Eid that lasts for a little while. Um, and Eid is about, um, it's, a, it's a bit like our kind of Christmas, I suppose. It's that kind of thing. Um, but the, um, it's whether or not they're going to uh, be out of lockdown come Eid, because people would normally gather together and have big celebrations in Eid. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think right across the world, and then if you look at places like India that are really getting battered at the moment mm. with their variants, um, I wonder how that is going to be affecting their, their community and how their community is going to be at the end of it. I know. Well, it's, it's, it looks pretty horrendous over there. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Crazy stuff. I mean, I guess it has affected people around the world in similar ways because it's kind of it's forced us all to live a bit more locally hasn't it mm. kind of focus a bit more on our immediate environment whether that be you know just your home and or the, the people living around you or the, the kind of the way i see it is the kind of walking distance from your house that you've kind of explored in lockdown when you were able to go out and get some exercise each day um, yeah i think i think there's a lot of positive stuff there in terms of what people have learned about their their own neighborhoods i don't know if that's the same for you yeah, one of the things that um, for us is that we have been around and seen places and bits of our local community that we didn't know existed. It's yeah. been quite amazing the way that we've done it. It's been really good. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of that. And I think, I mean, I think there will be more of that. I think it doesn't get talked about that much in environmental stuff, but I think what it, the kind of restrict the restrictions in energy that we have to play with. Uh, in the next 10, 15 years as everything, as we kind of wean ourselves off uh, fossil fuels, will we'll just result in, yeah, just more local everything. So more holidaying closer to where you live. Um, yeah, more food coming from, from nearby. And yeah, just uh, probably probably live, well, more working from home as we've already been experimenting with, which will lead to hopefully little 
little pockets and kind of community centers where you can go and, you know, take your laptop or uh, go and work with a, a group of other people that might not be working for the same business as you, but uh, become your co-workers. Yeah. 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 And it, it's, it's weird that whole, um, cause all those things that you're describing are effectively relationships, aren't they? Yeah. And it's like, how are they going to develop? How are they going to be there? Yeah. I know it's, uh, it's amazing. It's fascinating. Um, so yeah, you've talked a little bit in the, the blog post about abandonment and about, uh, I guess that comes down to relationships. So what's, what's that about? Well, that sense about some people have had to isolate and then they've had that experience that they've been abandoned by, certainly by their community, but by the people that they thought would be there looking after them. Mm. So that for some people, there's been a great sense of loss in that, that, um, and that, that's where a lot of relationships have been fractured and damaged, you know, um, and people thinking that other people will be out looking out for them. And, and it didn't happen, you know. Um, and, I, I, and a lot of those things, that's what I mean about the work relationships and realising that the, the commonality in the relationship was work. And when you take the work away, effectively there is no relationship. Um, which sounds a bit brutal, but that happens when, when you go through retirement, you know, when, when you're in an organization, you're a part of the mix, but as soon as you leave that organization uh, for retirement, it's like you never existed. Other people come in and do your job, take you, take your role over as inevitable, as, as is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but all those relationships that you had are no longer there. You know, people aren't emailing you and, sending you messages and asking you questions and stuff. It's just, just not happening. Strange. So what's it, what, what's your resource then, Sean? What, what kind of, what action should people take then in the next, yeah, well, next well, my, 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 my thing is, is that it's time to review the relationships that we have and to decide if there are relationships that we need to be working on. So, um, my resource is it would always it would always have been your address book. Well, I guess people don't have address books anymore. But what they have is um, their contact lists and their phones and computers. And it's like maybe it's now time to go through your contact lists and your email addresses and all that kind of stuff and decide who is it that you need to be reaching out to. Check them out. Are they okay? So that by the time you do come back together and you do meet each other again, they're, you're starting to rebuild what it is that we lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the more we do that, then I think that the better things are going to be. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. My, uh, my resource is a TED Talk I've referred to loads of times over the years, but um, yeah, it's by a guy called James Howard Consular, and it's called The Ghastly Tragedy of the Suburbs. <laughs> so it's quite right. a snappy title. <laughs> but I think it's the best talk I've ever seen that kind of really brings together um, like the environmental uh, situation we're in, but also links it to the quality of the public realm that we've built, like the, like the, the beauty that of, the, of the world around us or the lack of beauty in the world around us in terms of, yeah. you know, the roads that connect us and the, the buildings that we live in and or, or go to to work in or, or visit. So uh yeah it's quite i I just i kind of encourage people to yeah dive a bit deeper into that stuff and just realize how 
how linked all the, these things are in terms of mental health and like the health of uh, of our environment as well. So fascinating. Yeah. 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 No, I love it. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, maybe next week I'll come, come right by and see you and we can sit outside hey, and, uh, and do a bit of recording in the garden. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, I will say goodbye and we'll see you all uh, next week. Eh? Okay. You take care. Yeah, sure. See you later. Bye. Bye.